You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. And here's your host, John Chapman. All right, 49ers fans, I'm excited about today. Uh, we have a special guest, Brad Graham of the SF Niners. The dude's all over the place. You probably saw him being retweeted by Adam Schefter and hanging out with Frank Gore this week. Brad, how is life? Uh, man, you're crushing it. I appreciate that, John. I appreciate you having me on your channel, man. I, I've seen you around these Niner parts for a long time now. I see all the work you're doing, man. I appreciate you having me. And so real quick before we jump into this, we're going to be talking offensive line today because I think, one, if you have a good offensive line, you usually do pretty well in the NFL and get some deep runs into the playoffs. This guy knows it as well as anybody. So real quick, Brad, for those of you that maybe haven't checked out your content, what the hell are you guys doing if you haven't? Where can they find you across platforms? And please share some of that for us. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you can find me at the SF Niners on pretty much any platform that has social media, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, you name it. We're pretty much there. So, yeah, that's where you can pretty much find me. And uh, we're talking all things 49ers. Clearly, the draft is coming up. And so we've been doing a lot more draft stuff as of late. But uh, definitely talking all things 49ers, which means, yeah, hey, we're talking quarterback, too. <laughs> there you go. I love it. I love it. Uh, shout out to all the hashtag CC. Thank you, Philip. Uh, we do have another giveaway today. So this will be our ninth giveaway out of last 10 shows. So get your hashtag CCs in. Uh, we'll get you guys a free T-shirt in the mail for that. So uh, let's focus on O-line. Now, if we could take one position away, it's probably left tackle with Trent Williams, the best left yes. tackle in the NFL. But that leaves us four other somewhat question marks. And if we're going for um, the position that we're completely solid at left tackle, let's just take that one out. Center seems like Alex Max coming back, right? We hope. 
I know it, it scares me a little bit because if you go back to Joe Staley, which was just two short years ago, we were in this exact same position. Everybody's like, oh, Staley's coming back. You didn't hear anything. We go through the first round. You don't hear anything. Uh, we had Tristan Wirfs on the board. We didn't take him. And then the next day, boom, uh, everything kind of dropped at once. We find out Staley's gone. We found out we traded for Trent Williams. And it's just like, ah, what's happening? Um, I, I don't, you don't think it's going to be like that again, right? If you had to infer? I mean, I've been talking about this on my channel for a couple months now because still, you know, we just had the owner owners meetings and they'll tend to kind of clear, clarify additional information um, and things like that. And yet still no definitive language on Alex Mack returning, nothing from Alex Mack yeah. himself. So as you alluded to, we've been down this road before, so I, I feel like I would be doing myself a disservice just to be like, oh, everything's fine. Just because I know if I have to put my roster building cap on and I want an advantage about a center I'm targeting in the draft and or free agency, I don't want to give away my plans. And we understand that just like you alluded to with Joe Staley, there's a bit of gamesmanship involved yeah. and he spoke to that and saying i didn't want to put them in a bad spot where everyone in the world knew the 49ers needed a left tackle i wanted to give them the opportunity to put their best foot forward so that has always been in the back of my mind with back of my mind with alex mack um i know kittle was out there with mack for his wedding in ireland i believe it was a week or two ago um, he had commented on one of my posts saying one more year of Alex. Now, it wasn't a definitive like it could be like rooting him <laughs> on for one more year. But, you know, it's like, again, there's no definitive language. So I, I'll keep my tin, uh, tinfoil hat on until we know for sure. So let me ask you this, Brett. Let, let's say best case scenario, Max coming back this year. We got Jake Brindle. Behind him, Daniel Brunskill's mm -hmm. played center in the past. Mm -hmm. Are you comfortable moving forward with those two as the heir apparents? I'm going to assume not. And if yeah. so, who are some guys that you really like in the draft? Yeah, I wouldn't feel comfortable now if they're going in. You know, Brenda was my second stringer uh, just for next year, which he signed a one-year deal, or Brunskill as an emergency center. I don't mind that at all. But in regards to heir apparent, this is the year to go after a center, target a center, and get one that you can develop if Alex Mack will be back next year to take over. Because we all know it's this outside zone scheme, although um, the concepts are, you know, pretty easy to understand it can get complex in regards to how they manipulate the scheme so it could take some time for someone to get up to speed especially with Kyle Shanahan and we know centers are like the quarterback of the offensive line so you're calling out defenses you're sliding protections you're ensuring you know blitzes get picked that's a lot to throw at a rookie so I would I would rather come in and learn behind Alex Mack. Uh, but it will be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, in regards to a couple guys that I have my eyes on, this is a fun class, especially yeah, for is. offensive linemen. Like, I'm having a blast because you look at tackles, you look at guards, you look at centers, you look at top tier, middle tier, developmental tier. You can find a guy in each category, in each round, that could potentially fit what the 49ers are trying to execute with their outside zone scheme. Um, 
But two guys that I really like, I'm extremely high on ASU center Donovan West. Um, He's a guy that I could see being more of that middle tier target, maybe in the third round, maybe in the fourth round, a guy who played left guard for three years and then transferred or switched over to center for his senior year, where I feel like he fits the best as center um, in regards to being able to get out in space, get to the second level, do those types of things. He has the prerequisite first step quickness movement that you like to see from a guy like that. They pull him a lot, which I have this fantasy of getting (laughs) a center into this scheme that you can pull because just like we've seen them use Jeff Wilson, Debo Samuel to uh, move guys across the formations, you can conceptually do the same thing with the center if he's pulling and you can have him, you know, you can at a certain point have middle linebackers keying on the center and where he's going, and then you can create misdirection off that. So I like Donovan West, also Cam Jurgens out of Nebraska. I think he's going to be a guy that's been climbing the boards as of late. Uh, Brandon Thorne put me on to him, and ever since I dove into his tape, I could see why. He has the athletic profile, but he has the nastiness behind it, and like Cam Jurgens would be a lot of fun in this offense. It's funny, you know, Donovan West, we just did a breakdown on Patreon for him, and it it was interesting going through researching after I did a a one-game tape. I was like, all right, I want to see where people fit on him. It's probably one of the largest gaps as far as, like, you can see as early as a third-round grade. You can see six-round grades. You can see some sites that just don't have him anywhere. I do think he's very scheme-specific. And with the Mm -hmm. Herm Edwards connection, you know, with the ASU, that the pipeline, I I guess you could call it, it it makes sense. It really, really does. Jerkins, another fan favorite. You know, I guess all these mock drafts to me, which I enjoy. I like seeing what people are thinking. But Jerkins is one of the most common uh, because he's going in that fourth, fifth round, which – I, I think that I feel fit. like he's low on all these boards. I'm like, there's, I just feel like if I had to put myself into these like GMs and scouts shoes, I look at Jurgens, the athletic profile. I mean, this dude was, I think the number, like one of the number one tight ends coming out of his high school class in Nebraska. Like this dude is windmill dunking as a freshman in high school. He has an athletic profile yeah. <laughs> that I don't think people understand and they have him playing center. And when you see him move, and the movement skills along with the strength and the tenacity that he brings, he's kind of the whole package where I think media could be sleeping on him, where he could be higher uh, on a lot of teams' boards. Now, this – this I just think it. Has Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch ever drafted a center since they've been here? Have they drafted – I know we got Western Richburg. Then we got Alex Mack. We had Daniel Brunskill. He was undrafted. They haven't touched one center, but they've they've, draft, they've drafted like what four or five offensive linemen in the five <laughs> years they've been here, and one of them was a parallel move going from Trent Brown to Mike McGlinchey. So it was a straight parallel. Like, yeah. oh, we're we're moving off Trent, so we're drafting McGlinchey at nine overall. Other than that, it's what been McKivitz. It's yeah. been school like. They, they, that's the crazy being an offensive line guy trying to. Uh, I try to scout Kyle and like what their tendencies are. They don't have tendencies, that's no. they don't have offensive line tendencies, at least in regards to the draft. Now, you can look at the Western Richburgs that they paid a lot of money for and who was playing at a really high level before the, the injury popped up and he had to retire. But you can kind of see where they're going in regards to. Uh, archetype for offensive linemen but 
they don't have a proven track record, at least into the draft, because you look at school, you look at McKivitts, they're a lot different than, let's say, Aaron Banks. So it's like there, there's it's hard to stack it all together and be like, oh, this is the type of guy they like because it's kind of all over the place. Yeah, I, I didn't even scout Banks last year. Like, I got lazy, and, like, I went through with, like, a Sharpie, and I was like, yeah, he don't fit, he don't fit, he don't fit. And then, yeah, sure enough, huge. second round, I was like, what? Well, well, all right, let's let's go there. Lake and I had the same reaction. I was like, who'd they take in the second round? Banks? I, I was like, oh, I got I to gotta do some research. Like, what the hell? I felt that way twice with this regime's draft picks. Aaron Banks and Mitch Wisnowski. I remember I had one too many drinks. I was in Nashville, uh, and uh, I, I I got my like phone out to do like the reaction. I was like, "This is going to be awesome." We were like right in front of the stage, and then they picked a punter, and I was just like, "Mother, <laughs> like, <laughs> like you got to be." You had a Jason me. Aponte reaction. You're oh, just like, punter yeah. in the fourth. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Which it is funny. One of the most common things again that I see, or whenever I'm doing mock drafts on the side, is. People are like, oh, get Matt Ariza from uh, San Diego State. Uh, And I'm just like, it's 0% chance that's happening if I'm in charge. Also, still a rookie deal with Mitch Wisnowski. So if you move away from that, like it's almost 100%. You get nothing back. Um, I don't want to pay one punter that much, let alone two. Uh, Count me out. Hell no. Uh, Now, going (laughs) going from one player that is frustrated me to one player that is one of my favorite players in the league now is Lakin Tomlinson. Did you know that you can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks? You can turn $10 into 1000 with basketball, hockey, college basketball entries today on prize picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. And here's what's great. It, it you can get action on sports on more than 30 different states across the country, including California, Texas, and Georgia. On top of that, you got playoff basketball actions on the horizon, and this is the best place to take advantage of all of basketball's postseason actions. Some of these player props. Nikolai Jokic for over 10 rebounds. Anthony Davis, more than two blocks. Lillard, four three-pointers made. You get to pick exactly how you want to use your bets. So, download the app today. Use code 49ers49ERS for a deposit match up to $100. Again, that's promo code 49ers for a first deposit match of up to $100 over on Prize Picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I mean, the dude just played every single freaking snap. Yeah. We essentially just let him walk out the door. W- was this something you were anticipating? Or kind of walk us through when you found out Lakin was gone, what your thoughts were for the left guard position? I mean, when they drafted Aaron Banks, that to me was a huge signal that they weren't going to be bringing back um, Lakin because I knew he was playing on that contract year. And... That to me was right away like, oh, because 
okay, maybe they were to have Aaron Banks compete at right guard, but we know that would be a slight position switch for him. So it'd be interesting to see how he would get up to speed. And I think it took him a little bit more time, but it did feel like that move was a year out type of move. Like we understand who's coming up. And especially too, when you go back to the exit interviews that they had with the media, you could tell based on Lakin's, like you could tell Lakin was talking to the media for the last time and he yeah. knew it. And him and Jimmy, go, right? And him and Jimmy. Oh, That's what it felt that way too. 100%, except Jimmy's still here. Um, <laughs> but with uh, with Trent, the things that Trent said about Lakin, Trent was like, y'all better pay this man. And you're like, oh boy, Trent's getting a little spicy. We don't normally see spicy Trent. And he got, he got spicy about Lakin because, you know, if there's anything that I've learned about talking to these players, you know, the 49ers and coming correct in regards to contract negotiations is something that comes up with the regularity. And we understand that there's a formula at play. We might not understand the actual formula, but they're following something where if a certain player is going to make X amount and they don't see that player being that they will, they will let that player go and take the comp picks and kind of rebuild in another way. So, I have been bracing for Lycan to be gone. Not only from the like the exit interview, I was like 100%. He's gone. But from when they took Aaron Banks, that's to me what signaled like thinking three steps ahead, which the Niners typically do. Yeah, and Lycan was awesome. I think, you know, we don't get credit, or at least Kyle and John Lynch don't get credit for like trades. That was like one of the best trades the past five years in the NFL period. You gave up pennies Iron on the Man. dollar – and got, yeah, yeah, Iron Man, exactly. He never missed a snap. Uh, Sean says this. I didn't think they would uh, pay Lakin. You know, I was thinking eight and a half to 10 million. I saw 13. I was like, whoo, zero chance the Niners were getting that cap. Um, <laughs> yeah, he what, got paid. Which the, the salary cap increase is huge across the NFL this year, no doubt about it. But I felt like guard, like had the guard and wide receiver probably had the largest jumps from kind of top of the market value. But I'm happy for Lakin. That dude's. <laughs> Just a stud. Now, you you talked about how the 49ers kind of draft a year in waiting. We did it with Trey Lance, did it with Lakin. If you want to put Hafanga in there, I don't know if you do or not. Even the corners. Man, so, yeah, so looking at the position now or the roster now, linebacker. Two out of three linebackers in their last deal, like last year of their deal with Greenlaw and Aziz. There's no way in hell I would think drafting a linebacker would make sense. But after just listening to you talk, I don't know. Now it's like, all right, we might see a fourth or fifth round linebacker uh, and just park them, you know, wherever, and then allow Aziz or Greenlaw. Do you think we'll bring one back, or do you think we let them both go next year? Because those guys are going to get paid by somebody. It feels like it's one or the other, and it feels like it could be Aziz more so than Dre because I feel like they have a little bit more control over Aziz, and, you know, with his – him being an undrafted free agent and kind of suffering with injury throughout his breakout campaign. Um, I feel like they could probably get a little bit more, maybe like a Emmanuel Mosley type deal where, but you can also argue the same thing with Greenlaw. He barely yeah. played last year. So it's going to be interesting. It's a good problem to have. Um, in my opinion, I would lean towards paying, paying Aziz. I really, enjoy Aziz not that I don't enjoy Greenlaw I just no wrong answer there they're both yeah I just really like Aziz's game and um 
I love the maturation process from an undrafted free agent and the way he's worked and built himself to be what he is. Um, but it could go either way. Uh, they brought yeah. back DFF as well. Uh, I imagine he's going to be more of a special teamer slash camp guy. Um, they could very well go linebacker in those middle rounds, especially if the value hits them the right way. Uh, I know they're like looking at, I think it was a Troy Anderson out of Montana or one of he those was on places. the list. Yeah. Yeah. So I would be shocked to see them go early on that position, but with D'Amico and how he's been able to develop, he's kind of, he's been developing these tweener like safeties into linebackers. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see that continue. I also love the idea of putting Ufanga at linebacker, but um, I think they have plans for him at safety. So we'll see. I just want him to be that dime piece that comes in and dime and keep him close to the box and then let him be a special teamer and a backup safety. Like that is just, I, I like Hufanga way more than most people. And I get the mm -hmm. athleticism, but like I, I just, like when he's on the field, I watch him. I don't care if Bosa's in or water. Just, I don't know why my eyes are just drawn to that, that guy. I love the way he plays. Uh, but again, do I think he's a starting safety caliber player on a championship defense? Not yet for sure. The athleticism concerns are, are there. I, I like what you said about the Z's and Greenlaw. Like, man, just make both of them at the end of the year. Hey, here's a two-year, $12 million deal. Whoever <laughs> takes it first, bites. you stay. Like, <laughs> a team-friendly yeah. deal. You want it? If not, we appreciate you. And it seems to be what they've done with Arden Key, Kerry Hyder last year. Like, we're going to give you an offer. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, right? That's probably one of the ones that's been most public. He acknowledged... John Lynch acknowledged, Kyle Shanahan acknowledged that they made him an offer, but he chose more money. And I think that's kind of, look, we want you here. We traded for you, whatever. But if you want to go get paid, peace. We'll, we'll keep stashing those comp picks, which 49ers are on slate right now to get 10 to 11 comp picks. I think one of those seventh rounders is going to be uh, bumped out by some of these free agent deals that are going to get signed. But still, 10 picks next year, that's going to be fun. Now, now, Brad, okay, let's circle back now because – what is your confidence level uh, on a scale of one to 10, 10 being Trent Williams, one being, I don't know. I don't even want to put a name out there. That's negative. <laughs> yeah, I know but... what name you want to put on it. <laughs> <laughs> let, let, what is your confidence level as Aaron Banks starting week one for the 49ers at left guard? Like, how do you feel about that? Like make right us feel now, good, but right now. Yeah, well, yeah, just moving forward, it doesn't necessarily just have to be week one. But, like, this as a long-term starter for the 49ers offense at left guard. I'll, I'll just say this. Like, Aaron Banks had three snaps against the Jags. I believe that those were his only active snaps against for the 49ers all year that wasn't special teams. There were three not great snaps. <laughs> and... um. I, again, I went into training camp. I'm a trench guy. When I go to training camp, I watch the trenches. I don't watch coverages. I don't watch, you know, what's going on there. I'm watching what's going on in between the trenches, O-line versus D-line. So Aaron Banks was a huge point of, like, I want to watch Aaron Banks, our second-round yeah. draft pick. And when I got to training camp, it was very apparent that Banks was not going to be, um, you know, really challenging Brunskill for that right guard position at all. So, and as you saw, kind of going to training camp or uh, into preseason, I kind of felt the same way. So I liked Banks's tape. Again, when they took him, I was shocked by it. But when I went and watched the tape, 
I watched probably four or five games. The guy didn't lose that last year at Notre Dame. He won like it was like his religion. Like that's he just won. He did not lose. But I don't know if he's currently up to speed now with the way the NFL is. And I've talked about it as well. From my first training camp, covering my first training camp, the biggest one of my biggest takeaways is like, wow, it's really hard to develop as an offensive lineman in this league. When you have six, seven padded practices before you're playing preseason action, I'm like, ooh. I mean, I need contact to be yeah. able to get used to it and acclimate. It's cool going against air, but unless you're going 100 speed in those trenches, it's really hard to like really work everything that you need to do. And as we know, defensive line talent in the NFL, they all got power. They all got size. But what makes them different from going from college to the NFL is they have the technique and they have the games and they know how to set you up and they know how to make you pay for selling extra hard on a down block or, you know, overcorrecting on a pass protection set. They make you pay for those things. And so if you're just not up to speed on that, it can bite you. So I'm I'm not saying like it can't happen and but it will be. I'm very interested to see the development of Aaron Banks. That's for sure. Yeah, and I, I think the the offense has been hit the hardest by the fewer padded practice. Like even in college and high school, you can do shell practices, you know, shoulder pads and helmets, and still get that work. Defensive line doesn't necessarily need to work through shoulder pads. It doesn't help them at all necessarily. It really hurts the offense. Literally, hand placement inside the press plate, all those things on the shoulder. Like they have been hurt the most, and we continue to see it through the NFL. Yes. Offensive line has deteriorated. Um, and everything else has kind of excelled and gotten faster, more seven on seven. And offensive line just continues to dissipate. Um, I wish that would change. Bro Montana, thank you for the gift, man, on Super Chat. Uh, my two phase 49er content. John won my, uh oh, John won my heart first. <laughs> oh, no, bro. I see you, man. Uh, still love your channel, Brad. Appreciate the gift, man. Shut it's not up, a competition, bro. Montana. Come on, man. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, now, okay, Let, let's jump to the other side. Let's go right guard. Uh, one yeah. cannot simply unseat Daniel Brunskill. This dude is the Cassius Marsh of Cassius pass rushers. <laughs> Do you remember like the quote was like, I think it was Kyle Shanahan. He was like, you know, yeah, we'd like to have so-and-so, but you got to beat out Cassius Marsh. That's not easy to do. Um, roundhouse kick in the air. Br- uh, Brunskill or roundhouse, whoever's trying to challenge him for that, that right guard spot. He's yes. not going to give it up. I now okay. Let me ask you this: What's his best position? He's played. He can play every position. I think center is where he will end up eventually. That that's just me. Maybe I'm wrong there. I know Alex Mack kind of bumped him back to right guard, but I don't know. I think long term, there's a chance he steps in for Mack at center. I, I don't know. Am I crazy? I just I, I don't feel think like that's his best fit. I, I mean, I don't think you're crazy. I'll. I talked to him a little bit about this uh, from last year's training camp on the second day of padded practices. uh, It was when they had all the NFL media out there and all up until training camp at that point, Brunskill had been playing right guard with the starting unit. But on this second day of padded practices, they kicked Brunskill down to solely second string center to run with Trey Lance. And Trey Lance had by far his best 
practice when I was at training camp um, after that, before that, and they were moving. And I don't know if you remember the reports coming out of training camp last year about how bad the second team unit offensive line was because they were getting destroyed by our defensive line, which was really good. Um, but when they kicked him to center, that second team unit all of a sudden worked and everything was moving and going in the right direction. So I think there's a world that exists where he could totally land at center. I think there's a world that exists where he stays at guard. And I also think there's even a world that exists. If he needed to play tackle, he might be best suited to play tackle. Uh, so yeah. because I think of him in regards to, you know, dealing with power rushers, that's, I think where he struggles the most, he would even tell you he struggles the most with power rushers and one-on-one situations, but anything else he can handle and pretty much do his job whenever it's asked of him. So kind of the logic of moving him to tackles, you're playing on an Island a little bit more. You're more going against more athletic guys who tend to beat you with speed and less to beat you with power he can handle speed just look at aaron donald aaron donald is known for his interior pass rush from a speed standpoint and skill has no problems none with aaron donald but you stick one of these big mama jammas on him you can walk him back a little bit so i i think brunskill what and just to kind of wrap up my brunskill thing this was last year was his first full year just playing guard, just one yeah. position. It was his first full year. And because at last year he, he started at guard, they had to kick him to center. Then they had to move him back. And it was just, it was a really tough year in 2020. I really think if they keep him at right guard, we would, that we would see the best version of Brunskill that we have seen going into a second year knowing the deal, knowing what it is, because he started out a little rough. He started out the year a little rough, but he picked it up. And I think people will focus on the last couple plays of that, uh, the Rams game. But the you look at the entire body of work. Yeah, I thousand was really proud snaps, of man. Thousand I was really snaps. proud of him. I was really proud of like the way that he developed. And I think he's still a developing player. So I think he has a potential to get even better. But we'll see. We'll see if someone challenges him. Right. So here we go. I see it in the chat. What's up, Kali? He says, all right, what about Jalen Moore? Because I feel like like that's going to be the competition if it comes from anywhere. I don't see Colton McKivitz going back inside. And if he does, he's not pressing Brunskill. Jalen Moore, you know, if we continue this whole – I want to make a shirt that says, like, Kyle redshirted me for, like, like as a rookie or something. Like, just because, again, like, he just – Jalen Moore, you know, we saw him one game, then it was gone. He got beat out. But, like, where does – Jalen Moore's got to move inside to guard. That's what they said when they drafted him. That's where he projects the highest – like, is it him versus Brunskill? I got a lot of thoughts on this because I think I tweeted this out not too long ago uh, because I think a lot of people do feel that same way and I can rationalize why, but based on all the tape I've studied of Jalen Moore last year, um, based on, you know, again, this guy playing zero guard snaps his entire college career coming into the 49ers. If you remember Trent Williams barely practiced during training camp, didn't play in the preseason. So it was Jalen Moore at left tackle. That's where mm-hmm. he played. So he was not taking guard snaps. I don't think he really has taken guard Didn't snaps. Didn't take any right tackle snaps either. 
right outside of you know senior bowl which we've heard about and or scout team so i don't necessarily think that is the great uh measuring stick but um what i saw from jay lamore you know who had a really good output baseline in preseason he had an okay game against the colts but when you transition to that jags game the jags game was uh he was trending in the wrong direction. I'll say it like that. He so and to the point where, hey, okay, maybe right tackle isn't a great fit. You did you were a left tackle all of training camp your entire college career. I can rash I recognize there is a learning curve going from left to right if you've never done it before, which I don't believe he has. So that you lose the continuity there. And so with Jalen Moore, I just saw him trend in the wrong direction. Because the 49ers needed a left yeah. tackle week 18 against they, the Rams, and they took a guard and they put him out at left tackle. And I'm watching that Col- was a, I'm watching that was Colton McKivitz, man. And shout out Colton. He held his own, but you watch the technique, you're like, that is a guard playing tackle. <laughs> He's like straight up, like just looks like a guard, just fish out of water, but he did his job and got the job done. But the fact that Jalen lost that opportunity just I we where is his opportunity? How does he find his way onto the field? He's not even a swing tackle. They kind of admitted that. Uh, but whatever the left tack, like, you know, I was like, okay, well, maybe Jalen Moore's just gonna be the backup left tackle. Uh, that's the only job. And then Trent goes out and they're like, Nope, he's not even that. Um, yeah, yeah that hurt. That hurt. Uh, because he was trending up so high. That one start that he had it early in the season, it was like, Oh, uh, you got something cooking yeah, you- here. You saw him go against like Buckner on a couple plays, and you're like, "Oh, maybe, maybe there's there's something to it." But so the way I look at Jay Lamore, I I see him being a baseline proficient pass blocker at, as a tackle. So the ability to kick step, as you know, you said you've coached offensive line. You know, kick stepping, especially with people who are developing, can be one of the hardest techniques for them to learn because it's having to move backward while you're a big human being, but having to be able to react at the blink of an eye to be able to shoot forward if they're trying to counter inside or bull rush you. So there's, you have to be able to have this type of leverage and balance in the kick step, which sometimes is hard to develop. Well, Jalen had that to begin with. And where I see kind of Jalen struggle, he's a little light in the run game. So I see him profile best at tackle. If he can, he kick into guard probably, but I think he would need some time, which is where based on, you know, Brun skills development compared to Jalen Moore, I don't see how Jalen Moore can come into a position. He's never played. You're taking him away from what he does best, at least in my opinion, and you're moving him inside and you're kind of forcing him to have to do those things where Brunskill can struggle at times, being light, potentially digging out some of these nose tackles sometimes. So I see it kind of being counterproductive, but not. But I'm also, you know, a big proponent of having positionless offensive line. So if he can fit there and he can slot in there and prove that he can be a factor in the run game, and you know you're not losing out on his ability to kick step because as you know your guard your technique and pass protection is much different at guard than it is at tackle so if you're going to take away what he's good what i see he's good at to put him at guard 
Um, I just I foresee it being some time, maybe yeah. next year. Right. But if it's Brunskill versus Jalen Moore, I kind of I'm like, let's go, Brunny. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I think Kyle would too. You know, I I get it, he's cheap. Why not? Maybe it's a whole nother year of development but still yeah for this year for sure uh brian thank you for the gift man he said speaking of banks and more do you think the niners draft more o-linemen this year to drive competition or are they the answer i think we have 11 offensive linemen currently usually you don't keep 11 and we also have 12 defensive linemen usually don't keep 12 of them either um it's a different the 49ers are in a different place where they have established the depth but if they can upgrade definitely they could so i'll, I'll turn this over to you brad do you think they draft and let, let's put it this way with their first three draft picks, wherever they are, whether they trade up or back, do you think they address the offensive line with their first three picks? I personally hope so. I hope Me they, too. they go after at least one interior offensive lineman. Um, I would love to see one IOL and one tackle come out of this class. Um, maybe if you go after like a Kellen D shot of ASU, I like, I like a lot of ASU boys. I, I came away. I went in for Donovan West. <laughs> and I came out loving Kellen Deesh and Rashad White. So um, if you can get me a – but I also look at it too. Colton McKivitz is coming back. Jay Lamore is coming back. Justin Schools returning, and he looks good. A I talk to his bodies. trainer all the time, and he is progressing in a really good way. So there's three tackles right there on top of, again, McGlinchey, which is a question mark, and uh, Trent Williams. So maybe they don't see that as – we're kind of good at tackle, so I want to see a center. If you give me a center and a guard, then two, I'm happy with that as well. But I was the biggest Creed guy. I'm sure there were a lot. I mean, yeah. gosh, man, it just made so much sense. <laughs> so much sense. And when we traded back, I was like, oh, my God, that's going to be the greatest pick of all time because you got extra resources, and then boom. Um, <laughs> man. But uh, let's be honest. Creed failed to pick 61, I believe, and the 49ers have 61 this year. 100% home run guaranteed. Uh, can't miss now. Uh, 100%. Yeah. All right. Uh, real quick before we let you go, Brad, we got to talk right tackle. Uh, you brought up how McGlinchey was a question mark with that quad injury for sure. Man, what are the what's the likelihood he starts week one? And if he doesn't, you're the GM. Who would you right now put at that right tackle spot that's on the roster? That's why you make I'm the not, big bucks, man. Come on. Yeah, I'm not a doctor, so I unfortunately can't give like a medically driven answer of like when he'll be back. I, of course, we've heard all the the info to come out about how serious of an injury it is, um, how there is a likelihood that he could potentially not be back to what he was before the injury, and that's always going to give you a bit of concern. Um, so the hope is is that he is coming back and trending towards being back. I've talked to him. He said he's he's trying to come back the best that he can be. Um, but again, it, we can all say that about a lo lot of things that we want to do. But if we're having a physical ailment that just in, inhibiting us from doing that, then that's a different story. So I think with him, it's, it's a legitimate TBD. I think it's yeah. we don't necessarily know. And if you're a front office GM or someone who's putting together a team and you have a TBD at a potential starting position with, with Trey Lance have and a new backup QB plan. coming in, you have to have a backup plan. And whether you believe that's Colton McKivitz, whether you believe that's Jalen Moore, maybe Justin school, 
uh, or you want to turn to the draft or your galaxy branding this and you're like, you know what, we're going to kick Brunskill out to right tackle. We're going to take one of these guys, put them at interior. You know, there's, there's a bunch of different ways you can go about it. But if I had to look at it from a GM perspective, I am concerned and I am making backup plans for McGlinchey to not be the D, the day one week one starter uh, yeah. because you kind of have to at this point. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, and so I just want to say uh, one thank you. Oh, I got to do a giveaway. I forgot. Uh, hashtag CC. I'm going Phil. Uh, he was the first one in here. Just want to say thank you, man. Reach out to me. I'll get you that T-shirt in the mail. 49ersRushPodcast at gmail.com. Brad, this has been absolutely incredible. One more time, where can everybody find you in your work? Uh, this dude had Frank Gore on there, man. Announced his retirement on the show. That was incredible, bro. Uh, you guys are crushing it. You can find me at the SF Niners on all platforms, uh, pretty much anywhere you get social media, you can find us. Uh, but John, I thank you for your time bringing me on as a blast to finally be on with you, man. All right, guys, stay strong, faithful. We got a lot more content coming your way, so stay tuned. And until next time, guys. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.